welcome to Mostly Average Fans, a podcast where two pretty average followers of popular franchises discuss opinions and theories. I'm your host, Julie. And I'm your host, Haley. And in today's first official episode of the podcast, we're going to be discussing Wonder Woman. And we're really excited excited. to talk about it. (laughs) So, in this podcast, there's obviously going to be spoilers. So, if you haven't seen the movie... Turn this off right now. Please. Yes, go to your local theater, buy a ticket for the next showing, and watch it. And then come back and yeah. listen to the podcast, because yeah. we'd love for you to listen without and being spoiled. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Unless you're just a hardcore fan and you already know what's going to happen and you want to yeah. start thinking about stuff ahead of time. <laughs> but, yeah. So I've seen the movie three times now since recording this podcast. I am obviously a huge fan. (laughs) I, on initial watch, my initial reactions were just of awe and wonder. I was thrilled by the whole thing. I was just sitting in the theater in utter shock and surprise at how amazing everything (laughs) was. It was just incredible. So, I saw it for the first time yesterday. Um, I I honestly, like, when I heard they were making Wonder Woman, I was excited, but, like, DC... I'm, like, not the biggest DC fangirl. Like, I'm more of a Marvel person, you know? Like, I'm one of those DC fans that likes the Dark Knight, and then, like, that's it. You know? <laughs> like, I'm not really invested. So, I was like, oh, like, I might go see that when it's out on DVD or, like... But then, after it came out, everyone was just buzzing about it, and so I was like, I need to go see it, because I just feel like it's something I'd really like, reading all these people's reactions and stuff, so I saw it yesterday, and it was super good, and we have a lot to talk about. We have so much to so talk about. So much talking points, so, <laughs> yeah. You know, Haley, uh-huh. when I think about your interest in Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, I, I don't know, because I, I just feel like I was raised on, like, X-Men and Spider-Man, uh-huh. so, like, I just feel, I just, like, and, like, my family, like, my dad really likes Batman and stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, I have never really, like, watched them, like, all the way through, like, I have Marvel stuff, Yeah. and I feel like the timelines are also, like, super long, not that Marvel is, <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I just feel like there's a lot more, and it's more daunting, like, I played Lego Batman, like, we were talking about that sure, earlier, sure. so, like, Maybe I kind of... I'm a half-hearted DC fan. Oh, my gosh. But, like, I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens in the future. And I'm definitely going to be paying more attention. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been a lifelong DC fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm on the wagon now. Well... Okay, let's just, let's just get into... So, what we're doing is we've recorded, without telling each other, our top three moments of... Wonder Woman. Yeah. And we're going to go back and forth, and we're going to do three to one, so descending order, and we're just going to have our time yeah. with the mic and talk about <laughs> and then we can also discuss it, but that's kind of the format of what we're going to be doing. Yeah. So, yeah. do you want to start, Julie? Okay. I okay. will start, Haley. All right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> My third favorite moment from the movie was... When Diana was in the war room, and she was translating the notebook 
and just talking to all the officials because she got so passionate and so worked up. And I think it was just quite the show of her character. Um, you know, honor is so central to her character and just who she is and everything that she does. And I think that was just her playing out how she was raised. And you see that for one of the first times in our world outside of the theories. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> How do you say it? The mascara? The mascara? The mascara. Or. The mascara. The mascara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the mascara. mascara. Yeah. The Sorry, mascara. did you hear my throat earlier? No. That's what I was laughing at. <laughs> Because my throat made this really weird noise. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have started laughing. You don't even hear it. <laughs> okay. The mascara. Yes. Yeah. Is that all you have to say about your third one? Yep. Okay. Awesome. So, my third one is also kind of relating to the mascara. Um, I really liked just, I guess, the first, like, 20-ish minutes of the movie, just where, like, she was a little girl, and she was, like, uh-huh. running around. Also, did you see the armadillo at the beginning? What? Okay, I don't know why I noticed this, <laughs> but, like, I she was, like, running up the stairs, like, through the market, and there is this little armadillo that, like, crawled out. I don't know why, I just kept thinking about it the whole movie, <laughs> and, like, at the end, me and my friend were watching it, and I was like, the armadillo, like, who played the armadillo, and all this stuff was so dumb. But... So I liked the beginning, like, 20 minutes, like, the training montage, like, when she was little and she was, like, pretending to be, like, a warrior and, um, how she just, like, you watch her grow up and she gets older and she's, like, training, like, secretly, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote secretly, (laughs) and, um, you watch her, like, become the woman who she is. I just really liked that scene. I also really liked the mascara and, like, how, like, the society there, one, so peaceful and wonderful mm-hmm. it's such a utopia and like the way just like all the colors i feel mm-hmm. of like the whole like the blue of the water and yeah. like the whites it was so beautiful it and really i was, was like i just want to live there <laughs> like <laughs> how do i get there how do i become an amazon like i need to train some obviously <laughs> but yeah yeah. So, yeah definitely definitely i loved all of that for sure <laughs> the armadillo too I, I never saw the armadillo. <laughs> I'm going to try to find a picture of him. He was so cute. He was just walking around. But that's totally <laughs> real. Who's the armadillo? <laughs> Who played the armadillo? Give that, give that creature an Oscar. <sighs> My second favorite moment was Steve's goodbye as... Oh my gosh. Your was... favorite moment? <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Continue, continue. First of all, I love Chris Pine so much, but it's not the, f- the not the first time when you see him give Diana the watch. But after she's been battling Ares and she's like holding up the tank, mm-hmm. and it's kind of that flashback moment where she can hear him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just so powerful because I thought it was kind of the climax of Steve's character development. Because he was, I feel like he was a little bit selfish in the beginning. I don't know. I just got that vibe off. Hmm. You know? Yeah. He wasn't actually selfish. But he just, 
gave off a kind of weird vibe. But then in the end, he finally, like, truly believes Diana. Yes, finally. he's, you know, all in. And then when he says, I'll save the day and you save the world. I was like, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> it, was, it was just like the ultimate sacrifice. And oh, it was so good. Steve. Steve. Man. <laughs> that was your favorite part. That wasn't my absolute favorite part. Okay, you're right. It was number two. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a really good moment. Mm-hmm. I did get a little choked up then. I agree. It was really good. Yeah. It was so good. For my number two, um, it's not like really a particular moment in the movie. It's more of just like something I'm excited for that they showed. So like at the beginning, we see her like in Paris, like walking to her job. Mm-hmm. And we see this armored truck come up and it says Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. And at the beginning I was like, oh like okay, like I didn't think much about it. Uh-huh. And then at the end, mm-hmm. whenever she she gets on her little iPad and sends an email to at Bruce Wayne, <laughs> she's like, Wow, thanks so much for this picture. I don't know. I just i I'm so excited for the next step like with Justice League. Like yes. this coming out I think in November. I, I, I really, really, truly have high hopes for this movie now because, like, if Wonder Woman didn't come out and they didn't kind of start linking the stories together, like, uh-huh. I wouldn't be as excited. But seeing how good Wonder Woman was, and I really think it's just going to go up from here. Like, yeah. I think DC's, like, making a comeback. It really is. And I'm so excited because, like, I feel like in film right now, like, there's such a huge, like, market for, like, group superhero movies, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, remember, like, when the Avengers came out and it just, like, took everything by storm? It was, like, everyone was, like, Avengers, yes, like, uh-huh. this group of, like, superheroes, like, they're all so different, but they work together. It's, and that's kind of, like, X-Men, too, I guess, but I feel like Avengers is more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's just a really popular market, and yeah. so I really think DC is going to attempt to, like, break into that market yes. with Justice League, yes. and I think it's going to go really well, so I... I have high hopes, and I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. My absolute (laughs) favorite moment from the whole thing is the slow shot of Diana coming out of the trenches, slowly emerging, and it's the first reveal of her in costume. You finally see the whole thing, and it's completely utterly epic it's just so diana like it's wonderful (laughs) and then she just proceeds to go and save a village like that was the beginning of everything i guess Mm -hmm. it was one of my favorite chunks from the whole movie is her emerging and everything that happens right after that with the village and Taking out the sniper. Oh, yeah. It was just incredible. <laughs> that was so epic yeah. from there. But it was just so cool how she completely ignores, um, you know, like, the original plan. And she just fights for justice. And she wants to help the helpless. And, oh, my God. Just, I can see it in my head right now <laughs> as she, like, lets her hair down and then, like, takes off the cloak and then you see the shield 
slowly moving up the ladder, and then her head, and then she's, like, wearing the thing, and, <laughs> and it's so epic. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It, it blew me out of the water. Yeah. Well, you know, that actually was my number one as well. Just, it was so great, and you've touched on, like, a lot of what I was going to say. Just, like, oh, my gosh. I've been listening, since I saw yesterday, I've been listening to that track on the um, the score, mm-hmm. like, over and over and over again. I love, like, oh, my gosh, it's so good. I love how, like, in the middle of it, it goes the like, the mm-hmm. Wonder Woman mm-hmm. theme. Like, it's so great how that mixes, like, the electric guitar and, yes. with, like, the instrumental, like, like battle music. Um, so, yeah, it was super epic. And I just feel like she had been... Like, like you said, she'd just been told no, 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 like, this mm-hmm. whole time, ever since she got to London. And then she goes to the front in France, and then she finally, like, is like, no, like, I'm gonna do this and stand up for, like, what I think is right. And then it goes so well, and yeah. she saves the whole village, and is pretty much the hero, and but all because she was motivated by justice. Yes. It was truly an iconic moment of Wonder Woman. Very. That's what I think of when I'm, like, the movie... I think of that scene when she's, like, walking with the bullets, like, firing around her. Yes. So good. It's so good. (sighs) So, yeah. There's our top three moments. Those are the top three. Now, I'm just gonna bring up a few other things that we noticed. Yeah. Okay, I guess the first thing that I was... This is all stuff that I was, like, thinking while watching the movie that I recorded, like, Mm -hmm. afterwards. So, it might be a little muddled but I'm gonna try to work through it you yeah know? yeah so I feel like in general like this movie like for me it made me see like World War One, like in a totally new perspective yes just because like like my whole life I've grown up like learning about it in like history books and mm-hmm. like from different movies like mm-hmm. set in World War One or like documentaries but I, I feel like like a lot of things like you can just become numb to them, like, the, like, horrific, like, mm-hmm. of it all, you know? Just because you, like, learn about, like, yeah. the logical stuff, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, these people were allied, these people were evil, like, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like since we were seeing the movie, like, sans politics, like, through Diana's perspective mm-hmm. of, like, going from Themyscira, like, a utopia. Right. And she hears about this war that, mm-hmm. like, she doesn't know yet. But all she knows is, like, there's, like, a sheer magnitude of just, like, people dying, like, millions of people. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, almost, like, crying. She's, like, this is horrible. Like, it just really makes you, like, it, like, humanizes the war in a way that, like, yeah. was, like, really fresh, I felt, um, in my mind. Yeah. So, she's, like, super compassionate. And I feel like, I thought that was interesting because the whole time I was just thinking, like, dang, like, this, this was the great war. Like, this is really horrible. Was. Like, and I don't ever think about it like that. Yeah. Like, how, like. Like, in a humanized way, I mm-hmm. guess. I just think of it like, oh, World War One. Yeah. Number of casualties. These are the countries involved. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think of it like... Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked how it was World War One and not World War Two Because I feel like yes. World War Two there's already just so much about it that's, you know... Like, movies are made all the time. And then, yeah. like, the Holocaust is associated with it, and you have movies about that. You have so many books. Yeah. Television shows, everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like World War One gets overshadowed. And World War One is why World War Two happened in the first place. <laughs> yeah, because World War One was, like, 
quote unquote the world or the war to end all wars. Mm-hmm. And so the sequel, <laughs> World War Two, yeah. like never meant to happen, but that was like the worst of all time, like yeah. at the time. Yeah. Before World War Two happened. And I mean, just the gas, like they talked about it in the movie. Yes. Like, literally every weapon was meant to kill everything. And yeah. it changed war. It really did. Like, okay, that was another thing. This is kind of a tangent, but, like, it was so interesting to me, like, seeing, like, because World War I is, like, Mm -hmm. noted for, like, the emergence of, like, modern warfare. Yeah. Uh, Chemical weapons and, um, like, better planes and trenches and just, like, all this stuff that was emerging as, like, this is the new form of war. Mm -hmm. It was so interesting to me to see, like, Diana coming where she has the sword and the shield and, like, everyone is just, like... Okay, like when the, uh, um, when the Germans like invade the Mysterio, yes. and then Chris Pine, Steve is like, "Oh, like, do you have? A, I hope you have a gun and all this stuff." Because uh-huh. like it's so like mismatched. It feels. Yes. It was just really interesting to see like her riding a horse with a sword. Yeah. Going towards these like. Mm-hmm. Huge like machine guns and stuff. Yeah, I think it sets her apart. You know. Yeah. Like even more than she already is. Like. I don't know, because the way that the Amazons view war is completely different than the way mankind came to view war, and Mm -hmm. I think it definitely showed, like, those differences, because Diana and all the Amazons were taught to, like, fight with honor, and there's, like, reasons for war, but then, like, Mm. the, the Great War was just, you know gaining of power and there was no honor at all dropping bombs on civilians and yeah yeah and using horrible weapons mm-hmm. and like not caring about the death of like your own men it was crazy mm-hmm. and so i think that contrast really brought out both like the good and bad of diana versus mankind yeah that's a good point, yeah. Yeah. I like that. One of the things that I noticed from the movie, and especially in contrast to a lot of the stuff that Marvel is putting out, is that this movie had really long shots. And I think it really helped tell the story better. Because, first of all, you had so much character development and, like, world building in the very beginning it was like a really long act one and even in action scenes where the shots are naturally going to be a little bit shorter they were still a little bit longer and I think back to like the last it was Captain America Civil War Mm -hmm. the shots are just so quick you don't even know what's going on anymore and it's it causes a chaos and confusion which I mean, it's part of the point because that's what fighting is and what war is. But you also just don't know what's happening with the plot as much. And something that I really liked about Wonder Woman is that you really knew what was happening. You really knew why it was happening. And you really Mm -hmm. know who was involved. Yeah. And I thought that was just brilliant. And just the storytelling in general, you had such a long time in the mascara i thought it was going to be like five minutes but it was 
like a solid 20, 30 minutes there. Mm -hmm. And so you really understood who the Amazons were, who Diana is, and then that makes London and France all the much darker because you're coming from this utopia where the colors are so bright and it's always sunny, and then you go into foggy London, which is disgusting, <laughs> and then France, which is war-torn. Yeah. I just thought everything was amazing. Yeah. 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 Another thing I was thinking about, okay, this is a little, it makes sense in my mind. I was telling you this before we started mm-hmm. recording. I'm going to try to explain it in a way that makes sense to everyone else, because this <laughs> happens a lot, but okay. So, let's recall the scene where, it's at the very end, where Ares and Diana are fighting, mm-hmm. parallel to Steve and the Chief and Samir and, mm-hmm. uh, what's the Irish guy's name? The Irish Charlie. Guy. Charlie. Yeah. Is the shooter. Okay, yeah. When they're trying to get, I think it's the mustard gas, like, from being put on the planes. Yes. So... Quick side note, uh, Ares, aka Remus Lupin, I could not take yes. seriously the whole movie. Yes, because I kept thinking like whenever I'd see him, like he he was a kindred soul at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Then mm-hmm. he turned to be Ares, but even when he was evil, all I could see was Professor Lupin, <laughs> and so I was like, I had these feelings of like trusting. Like I was yes. like, he's like not all that bad. Like, yes, I thought the casting was amazing because <laughs> since they chose him, uh-huh. I automatically loved him yes his character because of lupin from (laughs) harry potter and it made the reveal at the end so unexpected i was not expecting no i was like and like when he was revealed i was like oh like this this isn't real like this is a kindred werewolf man like he's so (laughs) nice like he loves his students and i'm like wait never mind this is aries the god of war (laughs) but okay so that was a side note so back to the parallel fighting scenes. So I really feel like in that scene Diana was portrayed as like the original like or like she was the mythology that surrounds Wonder Woman mm-hmm. was really really brought out in that scene. Yes. Because so we have on the left we have Ares and Diana fighting. Mm-hmm. No one has believed for the whole movie about Ares like he's not real like right. this is just like you're crazy. She's actually fighting him, and, like, whether they believe it or not, like, she's fighting, like, symbolically, like, the, just, like, the influencing, like, negative presence Mm -hmm. of war, and, like, that has infiltrated the hearts of, like, all the men. Yes. So, like, and that's what she was, like, when she was created in the 40s, like, it was to, like, uphold justice and honor, Mm -hmm. and, like, that's what she's doing, like, in mythology, in the movie, at that moment. And then on the other side, on the right, we have... The humans, the guys. Right. And they're trying to get the mustard gas from being put on the planes to kill innocent lives. So, like, they're doing the practical work that she's inspiring them to do, like, in the yes. mythology. I, I don't know. I just thought that was so... It was so cool because she's, like, fighting this injustice, like, uh-huh. on mankind and, like, trying to eradicate, like, this, like, hatred in their hearts uh-huh. while the technical work is, like, being done by the humans who are on her side. Yes. So... I just thought, like, the mythology and Mm -hmm. all, like, just the legacy, like, that she stood for, it was just, like, really portrayed that moment. Yeah. 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 
That is really that, Did that make sense? Yes, okay, definitely. Okay. <laughs> I had a hard time, like, trying to write out my notes. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and bouncing off of that, part of what I really loved about this is it was just the ultimately, the ultimately, <laughs> um, part of why I really love this movie so much is the ultimate battle between good and bad. Mm-hmm. And it was, I just love a really well-told story with good versus evil. And I think that's why Star Wars was so successful. Um, and I think that's part of why this is so successful is you have such an obvious good character. You have the obvious hero mm-hmm. and then who is just trying to destroy this evil and it was played out in so many different ways with diana and aries and then steve and the germans mm-hmm. and it, it was just like it was so good mm-hmm. you know it was so well told and it was told on multiple levels i i loved it and i think you know you can easily take it deeper you know mm-hmm. to like the spiritual level i was thinking about this while you were talking mm-hmm. because you know, like World War One actually happened, but Ares isn't real. <laughs> or was he? <laughs> Diana may have killed him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's really weird how you could think of that happening in reality as the internal battle between good and evil within each person. Because yeah. in the end, as Diana is talking. She said, like, the closer... and the very beginning, she says, the closer you get, the more you see the darkness in everyone. But in the very yeah. end of the movie, she says, there's light and in darkness in everyone. Yeah. And so it was just, like, a personification... Exactly. ...of that internal struggle. And it's, yeah. like, Steve and Chief and all of them, they buy into the good. And the Germans have bought into the bad. And it's just, like, this outward expression of all of that. Yeah. What's the quote uh, that they that she says at the very end? Oh, I can't... I should have written it down. She keeps saying through the movie, it's like, something, something, it's what you choose to believe. Yeah, it's, it's not what you deserve, it's what you believe. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like that kind of relates to that. And, like, you can either believe in, like, the goodness of people mm-hmm. or the badness of people. Yeah. And, yeah. like, act on that and, like... She was a symbol for, like, the goodness. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So she mm-hmm. was symbolic, but at the same time, she was, like, realistically fighting, like, fantasy <laughs> science fiction is awesome because you can talk about this stuff and it can be a level above. And uh-huh. it's just, it's crazy. Uh-huh. It's crazy to talk about. Yeah. I love that quote when she's, she's, like, looking at Aries. She's holding this tank. She can, like, kill Dr. Poison. Yes. Um, like, whenever she wants to. And then she just, like, has this internal realization of, like, no, it's not what you deserve, but it's what you believe. It's like, yes, um, like, these people have committed the worst crimes that, like, is so inhumane. Yeah. But if you truly believe in, like, redemption and... That there is goodness. Yes, that there is goodness in all people. Mm-hmm. Then it's it's worth a second shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> is 
it is it my turn or is it your turn? You go. My turn. Okay. Um Okay, so the last thing I was just gonna talk about. I was reading this article um from the LA Times by Meredith Warner. Warner. I don't know how to pronounce her <laughs> last name. But it was really good and I would it's called Why I Cried Through the Fight Scenes in Wonder Woman. I would recommend reading it because it's a very well written article. But there was a quote in it that I liked. It says the world has embraced characters like Captain America and Superman who are compelled by their sense of duty, honor, and morta- <laughs> morality. <laughs> who are compelled by their sense of duty, honor, and morality. But every time we have a powerful woman, she had to be justified or complicated somehow. It took 75 years to make a movie about a female superhero motivated purely by love. So I feel like, just like, the female superhero was such a success... In this movie, mm-hmm. because like Diana like controls her own destiny, she's mm-hmm. just a force of nature, um, and like on the feminist aspect, like this movie is obviously like it's a feminist yes. movie, but I feel like it wasn't like super like explicitly like this is a feminist movie like yeah like there is this one time okay when she's she's in the trench and she's about to like go out and like mm-hmm. our number one moments, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought this was gonna happen so Steve says. Um, he was telling her about no man's land. He's like, no man can ever, like, cross this. Like, and she's like, it's no man's land. And I thought they were going to pull something where she was going to be like, no man. I am no man. Like, something like... Yeah, I thought she was going to say that. Like, Eowyn, Lord of the Rings. I'm no man. I am no man. (laughs) And I was like, oh, gosh. Like, it would be cool. But also, I was kind of like, that's a little cheesy. Yeah, it's uh, kind of cringy. Yeah, it's like, uh... But she didn't say that. Mm-mm. She she literally did not have to make a clarification. She just knew she could do it. Yeah. And so she took she took her own agency and she went and she forged ahead. Mm-hmm. And she was such a dynamic character in and of herself. Mm-hmm. She fought for what was right and didn't have like a vengeful need to like prove anyone wrong or yeah. like she just knew that she was capable of it. And she was motivated by her need to fight for justice and she like wouldn't let anything stand in her way, like, mm-hmm. including other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just thought that was a really good quote. Read the article, and that was something that I noticed. Yeah. There, there was a lot of opportunity for cheesy stuff, but... There really was. They didn't do it, and I feel no. like not doing it made an even bigger statement. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, to kind of bounce off of that and give my final thoughts, I thought that the character development really helped make it a relatable movie to every audience because mm. I think movies that are dubbed a feminist movie can often turn people away. Yeah. But because you had such a background on Diana, um, it made her a lot more relatable. So yeah. like the very first chunk where she's like a little kid, um, I think that was pure genius because showing her then gives everyone an instant thing to relate to because literally everyone has been a kid at some point. And so you can relate to her just running around the mascara and she's she has this rebellious nature that all kids do at that age. And she has such ambition and these huge hopes and dreams that I think you have as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, when I was little, I wanted to be a spy. Am I a spy now? No. But, you know, it gives you something to instantly relate to. And then 
you continue to relate to her and then other characters as well throughout the entire movie, no matter, like, like regardless of gender. And yes. I thought that was really powerful and extremely smart. Sometimes people will think that a movie won't be successful because it has female leads, and so they believe men won't go see it. Yes. And that's why rom-coms are typically, like, a female film. Yeah, um, targeted towards, like, mm-hmm. female audiences. Yes. But this film shows that you can have a female lead that anyone can relate to, regardless yes. of gender, because not only is she, like, a strong woman, she's just a strong person yeah. with a strong core, like, moral compass. Mm-hmm. And I think no matter, like, who you are or how you identify with anything, um, you can relate to that and just, like, fighting for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other characters, uh, I forgot his name, but the guy that wanted to be an actor, he's like... Oh, Samir? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, we're all fighting our own battles. Um, like, I wanted to be an actor, but I'm not the right color. And it's, like, showing that there's, like, so many different levels and... You can relate to that, um, like, being held back. And then Steve yeah. is just, I liked how at the beginning, um, when he's in the little healing pool. Yes. <laughs> and then he comes out, um, and he said, I already tried doing nothing, and that didn't work. So yeah. now I'm doing something. I feel like a lot of people have done that, and it's so relatable. Like, well, you can either do something or you can do nothing, and... A lot of times people choose to do nothing, but then when you do something, it it really changes you. Yeah. And so he's so relatable as well. Yeah. Just, and you're kind of there with him in your disbelief of Diana and Aries. Because I feel like you kind of know Aries is real, but you're Mm -hmm. also like, there's no way that Aries is actually real. And so you're kind of there with him in that belief. So I thought... It was just so well done with character development in order to make these characters so much more relatable to so many different audiences. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I like what you said about... it. What Something you said that reminded me back of the quote. Like, she's just a strong person. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, making her, like... And she is a strong female. Yeah. But more important, like, it wasn't about... She's a woman. She can, like, do all this and stuff. Yeah. It was more, like... She is motivated by, like, like her honor and, like, uh-huh. her core values. And that's what people relate to with, mm-hmm. like, Captain America or Superman, yeah. like, what they said. And yeah. that's what people... And just putting that as a woman, mm-hmm. I think that's a super good move. Yes. Because it brings in feminist rhetoric without being overt. Yes. It's very just, like, yes. I can relate to that person. Mm-hmm. Oh, equality. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like, she's not strong because she's a woman. She's just a strong person she's someone that everyone can look up to yeah. and everyone can like yeah. want to be like literally i want to be her <laughs> yeah i'm getting in the gym yeah starting yesterday <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so anyway so those were i guess just topics of discussion so now we're going to move on to the final segment of the show which is fan questions people have sent into our email a few questions Specifically one person, because this is our first episode of the podcast. (laughs) We have four questions of discussion. Let's see. I haven't really looked at these super in-depth, but okay. So question one. This is from, these all are from uh, a JC in Texas. 
First question, how has Diana been protecting her identity for a century? I guess meaning, like, the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. How has she been, like, working in the museum? That's a good question. Uh, that is a good question. I feel like that part is explained in Batman vs. Superman. Because she's that's, like, when she is revealed. But I haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen it either. So... Maybe we should watch that and yeah. then come back to that question. Yeah, we should do that. And I feel like it might be talked about, like, in Justice League coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, good question, JC. <laughs> <laughs> On to question two. Uh, why did the Amazonians have a sword on display if it wasn't the god killer? Interesting. Mm. Okay, I feel like... Well, okay, because they were hiding from... Because, like, the whole thing was... Diana mm -hmm. thought her whole life that she was created out of clay. Yes. And breathed life by Zeus. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, she was Zeus and Hippolyta's daughter. Right. And she was the god killer. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was just, like, to keep the ruse up, like, mm -hmm. she was just a normal... Or she wasn't an Amazon, but she was a normal citizen yeah. of Themyscira. And this was the legacy, or the legend, mm -hmm. that how the Amazons came to be. Mm -hmm. And her buying into that would protect her even longer from Aries. That's yeah. what I think of, at least. I think it's just, like, it's another relic. You just don't get its background. Um, because it's not like there was anything particularly outstanding about, like, the shield that she takes or the clothes that she wears. But they also came from the tower. Mm -hmm. um, and in the scene where um, Diana's a little kid um, and her mom has just finished telling her the story um, and she says what about the god killer and her mom's like what and then you can like I I only caught this like the third time that I saw it and so and I was specifically looking for it you can kind of see um her thinking, like, how do I respond to this? Hippolyta? Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. You see Hippolyta, like, thinking, how do I reply to Diana in order to keep her from finding out who she is? And I think as she was thinking this through, she thinks of the tower and how this can become the god killer to Diana. Yeah. That's interesting. I want to rewatch it now and see that scene question three what happened to dr poison mm. good question jc i don't know yeah i mean in the end when she kills Ares, you see the german soldiers um like lifted from his curse so i wonder if like she was also lifted um I assume so. Yeah. I don't know. One one thing kind of unrelated about Dr. Poison, I loved the scene at the end where she's holding the tank, mm -hmm. where Dinah's holding the tank above her, and she's, like, gonna, like, one deciding if she should, like, kill Dr. Poison. And, like, her mask yeah. just, like, flutters off. I thought that was so symbolic. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, she was revealed, like, finally, for who she is, and mm -hmm. Diana had to choose what she was, like, the ugliness of her face, like, showed the ugliness, like, of her inside, you know, of mm -hmm. her heart. 
And so Diana had to choose whether to believe, like, if this woman, this so, this cruel woman, Mm -hmm. if there was any good in her. Yeah. And she finally, she gave her grace and she was like, no, like, I think that there's good in every people. It was so symbolic. I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh. (laughs) That was a really nice touch. Really nice touch. Yeah. Uh, I just had a thought. What if Dr. Poison creates poison ivy? We should look. <laughs> what if Doctor Poison is Ooh! Poison Ivy? That would be the biggest plot twist in the history. Okay, we're gonna get on Google after this. <laughs> oh my gosh! Money, money. Okay, number four, last question. Uh, why has no one found the mascara before Steve Trevor crashes there? I was thinking that the whole movie, JC, I was thinking that the whole movie, because I thought whenever they were talking about this utopia that was, like, protected, the Uh Amazons were protected by the gods, I thought it was, like, not on, like, another planet, but just, like, it was hidden, Mm -hmm. that no one could touch it. But Mm -hmm. then, like, Steve gets into it, and they, like, put their hand through the wall, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, it's just, like, this dome thing. I was like, I'm really confused, because I thought it was, like, (laughs) impenetrable, like, there's a, their utopia, like, no one could touch. I was wondering that, too. Yeah. I don't have an answer to that one. I'm just talking out loud. I've thought about that because, and I think it's because of the war that Steve was allowed in because he became a messenger to make the Amazons aware because they didn't even know this was happening and there was okay. no way of them knowing because they weren't, like, sending scouts out every year or so. Yeah. To see, like, how the world's doing. There we go. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is all the questions that we have received. So, just reminding y'all of social media. Um, we'd love to hear questions from you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to post our Facebook page about what the next episode is going to be about. Yes. So, check that out. Our Facebook page is on Facebook, Mostly Average Fans. Give it a like. You can look at our upcoming stuff that we're going to talk about. And then you can send us emails to mostlyaveragefans at gmail.com. You can send us questions. Send us questions there. Or you can send us questions on our Twitter, which is at podcast underscore. So follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Send us an email with questions. And yeah, we'd love to answer Anything you have to say. We might not know the answer. Some of them we didn't know the answer to JC's in us, but we're we're just we're gonna field any questions. So Yep. Alright. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>